Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the show. Today, again, we have an incredible guest. We're joined today by Bernadette, and she is an account representative of CMHC. This should be an interesting episode for anybody who's ever bought real estate or who's thinking about buying real estate and wondered about what is that whole 5%, 20% down insurance? Like, what does it actually mean? Now, she breaks that all down for you guys and explains some of the programs that a lot of people don't know about to save you some bucks. As always, uh, myself, Alex McFadden, my partner, Derek Williamson today, and not in the episode is Dean Lawton, are part of Thrive Mortgage Co. And our team is here to take care of your financing, make sure that you provide the best financial solutions to create wealth in real estate. That is our mission. Uh, if you guys are loving the show, make sure to leave us a five-star review on iTunes that helps us keep going. That's the gas that goes in our engine. And if you do so, we'll provide you with a incredibly beautiful, uh, sexy little Thrive mug with some coffee, this delicious coffee from a local uh, roaster down here. Anyways, that's enough for me. I hope you guys enjoy the show. Make sure to share it if you like it or let us know. Talk to you soon. What's up, guys? You are listening to the YBR Remo Show, where we talk all things Vancouver real estate and mortgages, take boring topics, and make them interesting. Make sure to stay tuned to listen to everything you need to know how to put cash back in your pocket, create wealth in real estate, and simplify the complicated. All right, guys. We are here today joined by uh, Bernadette. Uh, Bernadette actually, in her spare time, plays a piano. That's her superpower. Um, apparently very good. So good to the point that she plays it in front of people who love to eat fancy steak. Um, <laughs> this is coming from a vegan, by the way. Uh, Bernadette actually joins us. She's with CMHC. Uh, I believe her official title is now Account Manager. Representative. Account Representative. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to get into it. Account representative from CMHC, and who better to bring on the episode than uh, an individual who is right in the thick of uh, the know as far as CMHC? You know, uh, Bernadette, we've had so many people come on, uh, well, that we speak to as far as clients recently that just ask so many questions around what is CMHC? How does it work? I mean, we get these questions all the time, but you know, we just figured it would be best to have someone like yourself come on and, and really just help set the record straight. If for you, sure. So thank you for joining us. Before I even get into that, I got, hold on, I got a long intro here. <laughs> Before I even get into any of that, tell us, uh, first and foremost, um, you know, with what's happened recently and what's been going on uh, with this quote unquote second wave, how has your day-to-day change and been affected in the last six months? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think... I'm in the same boat as kind of everybody else. And, you know, as a corporation, like as at CMHC, we've actually been quite lucky in terms of transitioning to a pretty virtual environment prior to COVID. So um, the transition for us, I think, as a corporation has actually been quite smooth. Um, so we were really fortunate because most of us had already kind of been working from home, utilizing virtual platforms, um, upgrading our technology to be able to do all of that. And so, um, yeah, like I said, it was it was not seamless, but uh, probably a smoother process than some other larger organizations. Um, for myself personally, I really miss seeing clients in person. I wish I could, you know, be there doing the podcast with you guys um, in person. It would probably make the technology stuff a little bit easier, but um, here we are. And uh, yeah, still still pretty lucky to be able to touch base with everyone and connect with everybody using technology. So um, it's been a definitely a bit of a 
changed, but I, I miss, uh, I miss seeing people and, and the in-person interaction for sure. That's awesome. So you actually referenced clients. So I was curious, maybe you can kind of fill us in on who your clients are. A lot of people think consumer, right? Uh, I think for that sure. your clientele is a little bit different. Yeah. So, so personally, my, my job or my role as uh, the account representative um, for the BC region is to work with uh, mortgage professionals. So banks, lenders, brokers, um, and provide the training, education, and support around really anything CMHC related, but our biggest focus with you guys um, as my clients or partners um, is of course around default mortgage loan insurance, which we will get into uh, a little bit later. But um, yeah, there's a number of things obviously that CMHC does for those listening who maybe don't even know what CMHC stands for. Um, it's Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation. And essentially we're Canada's national housing agency and the number one provider of default mortgage loan insurance, which again, we'll talk about later. Very interesting. So, I mean, let's talk a little bit about uh, CMH. I don't know if you're able to talk about this, but uh, we've talked about this or we've heard about this in the past. And most recently it's been in the news as far as what is from your perspective, CMHC's mandate in, in a, maybe a couple sentences. Sure. So essentially, uh, CMHC really exists for one, you know, reason, and that's, um, you know, as Canada's National Housing Agency, um, it's to make housing more affordable for Canadians, for everyone in Canada. That's the number one reason that we exist. And so we do have a huge aspiration um, as a corporation, and that is by 2030, that everyone in Canada has a home that they can afford and it meets their needs. So that's our mandate. Um, that's what we do. And that's essentially the, the number one reason for our existence. That's awesome. So to dig into a little bit of a backstory on CMHC, you know, like we talk to clients all day that are borrowing money. We deal with a lot of first time buyers, second time buyers that are actually purchasing with less than 20% down. So their mortgages are insured. Obviously when people see the, the dollar amount that comes along with an insurance premium, not really a positive conversation for the most part, people are wondering why they have to pay that, right? Which we do a good job at explaining. Um, but I think one part that a lot of clients don't really capture that this is the message that we try to put out there is that, you know, potentially without a CMHC or the other mortgage insurers, you might not be able to buy a property with 5% down, right? You might have to come up with 20% down. And what does that look like? It's just not an option for a lot of people, especially in the lower mainland, right? Um, right. So maybe you can kind of help us understand where CMHC came from, why it was founded, like, were you guys working with the banks and the banks needed help because the banks didn't want to do the financing with 5% down? Sure. So, um, okay. So fun fact, we actually started in 1946 as a government owned corporation to actually help address the post-war housing shortage in Canada. So we were actually formed to help house the Canadian soldiers who were coming home from world war two and didn't have access to mortgage financing. Um, you know, starting a family and getting into a home was super difficult. And so that's actually where CMHC started. Um, since then, uh, we became the default, uh, the premier provider of default mortgage loan insurance in Canada. I should mention there are two other, two other um, insurers, the private insurers, of course, Canada Guarantee and Genworth. Um, and we all have, you know, different mandates and uh, different shareholders. Our shareholders are, of course, Canadian taxpayers. And so CMHC was, was formed 
there, but has since then become Canada's National Housing Agency. So we're essentially involved in everything housing related across the country. Um, that doesn't just include home ownership, obviously, that includes a number of other things in terms of um, affordable home ownership. But because of our mandate um, being to help make housing more affordable for all Canadians, um, you know, that's sort of where uh, allowing people to still be able to get into home ownership with 5% down comes from, right? And so I guess we should start with, you know, um, and you guys probably talk to your clients about this all the time, but the difference in high ratio versus conventional, because those are obviously mortgage industry terms that get thrown around by us, but a lot of the time consumers have no clue what that means and we just assume they do. For so, sure. Yeah, eyes go rolling if we have that conversation for sure. So yeah, yeah let's break that down. Yeah, so whenever, you know, as a consumer, you hear the term conventional mortgage being used, we're referring to um, a borrower having 20% down or more. So that would make you a conventional borrower. Um, if you're going into a high ratio purchase or you're a high ratio borrower, that means you have less than a 20% down payment. So there's a big difference there because that determines whether or not you're going to pay for mortgage loan insurance um, through one of the insurers. And so I guess... You know, when we talk about what mortgage loan insurance is, a lot of the time, again, consumers think insurance, okay, and the, the automatic um, assumption is insurance protects me, the borrower, because most types of insurance do. So when we're talking about different types of insurance, there's disability, critical illness, you know, loss of employment, uh, life insurance, all those types of insurance which protect the borrower if anything happens to them and they can't pay their mortgage, right? So mortgage loan insurance is a little bit different in the sense that it doesn't actually protect the borrower. It protects the bank or the financial institution or the lender against any potential payment default by the borrower. So essentially, if you as the borrower can't pay your mortgage um, and you're going to say, you know what, can't make my payments due to whatever financial hardship um, you're going through, the bank will then be protected by mortgage loan insurance and by the insurer. Um, in this case, CMHC, for example, um, so that the bank can walk away without any losses and um, we protect the borrower in, in the case of that risk of payment default by the borrower. So we're not actually protecting the borrower. Again, we're here to protect the lender, the bank or the financial institution lending the money to the borrower. Now, should I pause there? Is there anything uh, you guys want to add or... Well, just to hop in there, I mean, I want to reiterate that to the people that are listening to the episode and as a just a quick little summary of your point. So, so more or less CMHC's mandate is to quote unquote, make the uh, housing opportunity affordable or at least available, uh, maybe a better term to use for the average homeowner. Uh, but the purpose of buying this insurance, this mortgage loan insurance, as you're referring to it, uh, is in fact there to protect the lender in case you're defaulting, in fact, just basically not able to make your payments. That's the primary purpose uh, as a summary. And the reason why that is required is because you are not coming up with the acceptable down payment for a lender to take on the mortgage on their own without insurance involved. Yeah, so, that's, so the next point that I'm going to get to here is risk right? So essentially, as a borrower, the less you have of a down payment, the less you've invested into this purchase, the higher the risk is that you then become to the lender to lend you that money, because you've just got less invested in this purchase, which is, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. So um, as the lender to protect themselves from that risk, again, mortgage loan insurance does become a requirement when you don't have 20% down. 
But as the borrower, you're thinking, okay, well, I have to pay for this cost of mortgage loan insurance. It doesn't actually protect me, it protects the bank. So what really is the benefit to me as the borrower? So the way that you kind of have to think about this is, you know, the higher the risk is that you are to a bank to lend you money or to finance something for you, technically, the bank has to then make up for that risk elsewhere. So they would have had to charge you higher rates or higher fees. Um, you know, they would, it costs them more the higher the risk is that you become to them. So without mortgage loan insurance in place, the bank would have, would have to make up for that risk elsewhere with additional costs or fees. With mortgage loan insurance in place, it allows the borrower to still get into home ownership with a minimum down payment of 5%. And you still get, as the borrower, access to the same competitive interest rates as a conventional borrower gets, most of the same products and programs. Um, and again, the bank doesn't have to charge you any additional fees throughout the life of the mortgage to make up for that risk. So you're only paying that one-time mortgage loan insurance cost at the start of getting your mortgage financed. Um, the, the cost can be built into the mortgage, so you're not actually have to, having to come up with that in cash every month. It's not like an additional monthly payment. It would be included in your mortgage payment. Um, and again, it's just that one-time cost to, um, to offset the risk for the bank. So that's the benefit. Um, again, you still get into home ownership with a minimum down payment, still get access to the same competitive interest rates, most of the same products and programs as a conventional borrower. So from and a fact, oh, yeah, ahead. sorry. Go uh, ahead. From a consumer perspective, again, uh, just kind of overviewing the, the five to 10% down or sorry, five to 20% down. I mean, I think we can talk about this and you could probably speak to this as well. I mean, typically uh, a lot of people, when they start looking into mortgages, they don't fully understand the mechanics behind that, which you've done a very phenomenal job of explaining as to what actually occurs behind the scenes. But let's just talk about uh, total costs from a bank perspective. Quite frequently, we see lenders and in particular, you know, banks and other institutions, non-bank lenders offering uh, better interest rates uh, as it pertains to people who are putting down five to 19.99%. I mean, I think just based on our conversation, we have a pretty good understanding, we do, as to what happens. But maybe, maybe in a couple sentences, explain like, why would that be? Why would they offer those interest rates? And then conversely, so moving on to the whole putting 20% down, why is that not the case? Yeah, so I mean, insured mortgages are, again, basically risk-free to the bank, right? Because they are protected in the event of payment default by the borrower. So going back to my point, again, when something becomes less risk to the bank, it becomes cheaper for them to fund. And so they are able to offer often better promotional rates for the clients that are going high ratio because they are less risk to the bank, making it cheaper for them to then fund that mortgage so they can offer those lower rates to the buyers that are going high ratio versus conventional. Um, so it's risk, right? Um, essentially, it's risk to the lender. Um, the less risk, the cheaper it is for them. And then you flip that around into a conventional mortgage, which is when you're achieving that 20% down payment. The insurance is gone, so there's no insurance premium paid by the consumer, the borrower, um, but you're actually gonna typically see a bit of a higher interest rate when you do that, and I've heard this probably a thousand times, I'm putting down a bigger down payment, why would I get a higher interest rate, right? But like you said, it comes down to lender risk, and in that situation, there is no insurance, so the lender is taking on 100% of the risk of that loan, so because of that, they do charge a slightly higher interest rate. 
That's right. And, you know, it really depends too, right, on the size of the mortgage and, and um, all of that and, and the interest rate being offered because the, the borrower still does have to pay the mortgage loan insurance premium, which does, you know, as I mentioned, get built into the mortgage. So often there is a benefit to somebody to go high ratio, but um, if they do have 20% down, generally speaking, um, that is still probably the cheaper option, again, depending on the situation and the cost um, analysis there, right? Um, one thing that I like to kind of give as an example, though, is, you know, a lot of consumers think they have to get to that 20% down because that's a lot of the time what the, you know, mortgage professional or their realtor will tell them. And that's just what we hear, right? It's better to go 20% down if you can, um, because it's cheaper, you don't pay the mortgage loan insurance cost, etc which as I mentioned again, in most cases is quite true. But if you take like a, an example of like a $450,000 purchase price, right? Um, if somebody was gonna put down 20%, it would be uh, $90,000, right? So 20%, if they were trying to go conventional, they would have to save up almost 100K to get in at a conventional, um, into a conventional mortgage. Now, the same person who, you know, doesn't have 100K saved, but maybe has, you know, 15 grand in RRSPs, maybe a little bit in TFSAs, for them to just try and save up 5% on that same $450,000 purchase price, their down payment is 22,500. So often when I talk to consumers or I go to a first-time home buyer seminar and present, I like to just show them those numbers because, people think that home ownership is completely unattainable because they have to hit that 20% down. Um, but it's not. If you're closer to the 5% range and that's, you know, what's feasible for you and it makes sense and you talk to your mortgage professional and, you know, financially it works for you, 5% down could make you that much closer to home ownership, right? So sometimes when you just look at those numbers, it's not to say it's better to go conventional, it's better to go high ratio. It's just to, again, paint the picture in numbers, the difference in savings when you have to try and save up 100K versus, you know, 22,500. What's more yeah. achievable for you in a shorter period of time? Yeah, so. great example. And if you tie a timeline into that, right? If someone has their $25,000 currently, they could buy a property today but maybe they have to exactly. wait for four years to save up their $100,000. And what have they lost out on, right? A lot of principal pay down, appreciation. So if that's a situation where you just simply don't have the 20%, for sure, 100%, it makes sense to just utilize the insurance and get into the market as soon as you can. It's a really interesting point and a really interesting conversation because I think quite frequently what happens, especially in the Vancouver and, and Fraser Valley and BC you know, markets where we've seen so much... Uh, in the way of price increases over the course of the last, you know, seven to 10 years. Um, I think people are looking at it as, as the things that have been taken away as opposed to what we have right now. And it's, it's a really good uh, ex explanation that you shared is like, hey, we actually do have the opportunity to, you know, put down that 5%. And I think a lot of people forget that, you know, as a second time homeowner, you could put down 5%, right? Um, it doesn't have to be first time. There's some other programs that maybe you could touch on a little bit here. And so just that one understanding of just getting in sometimes, getting into the market, whatnot. You know, a question I have for you, and again, Bernadette, if you, don't, if you can't answer this question, this is okay. Um, but just, just to understand... Um, you know, one of the mandates, obviously you mentioned is to get every, well, I think the clear mandate is to be every Canadian to become a homeowner by 2030. Has there been any conversation? Um, maybe I don't know right now with what's going on in the world, but, uh, previously about providing a little bit more flexibility to those under 20% homeowners who live in markets like we do right now, you know, they took away the 30 amortization. We've added in a number of different stress tests and things of that nature. Is that a conversation or a topic that does come up? Uh, in your understanding, or at least that you know of? 
yeah. So by 2030, it's everyone in, in Canada has a home that they can afford ah. um, and that meets and that meets their needs. So that that, as I mentioned earlier, that goes beyond just the scope of home ownership then. Right. OK. So right. We're not just talking home ownership. I just have to clarify that because that's a big piece of that um, is big. That is a big distinction. Thanks right for thanks yeah. for clarifying that. Yeah. So let me restate that then, because one of the uh, one of the things that I know is that um, I don't know the stats around this, maybe you can help us, but a vast majority of people who uh, rent properties are renting from single tenant uh, landlords, generally speaking, mom and pop landlords, right? Who have a few different properties. Um, We've noticed over the last few years that CMHC has uh, reduced the uh, qualification or increased the qualification criteria for people looking to buy properties uh, from the 30 year amortization down to 25, most recently down to uh, stress tests to eliminating rental properties and refinances. And you know, in our market, we've noticed that that's obviously uh, it made it more difficult in many cases for the uh, incoming first-time buyer. And we've seen some attempts at uh, first-time buyer programs. Are there any conversations that you can share with us? Or is this even a conversation that CMHC even has internally that they're willing to talk about, about, you know, how they intend on providing more flexibility for those buyers to get into the market? So... Yeah, I mean, again, like that that conversation is always open. And if you guys watch, you know, our CEO is very vocal. He's been in the media a lot. He's done a ton of webinars, especially during COVID um, with MPC. Um, he's constantly in talks with, you know, people like Paul Taylor and, and um, you know, other industry professionals to, you know, have that open conversation about what we can do um, to help with home ownership. But again, going back to what our 2030 aspiration is, um, home ownership is a piece of what we do, but as Canada's national housing agency, there's a number of other things that we're um, tackling. And um, our focus has shifted to creating more supply, um, again, beyond just the scope of market housing and home ownership. So we're talking, you know, about like our national housing strategy, which is a 10 year plan where 55 billion dollars is being pumped um, in towards housing across the country in a variety of different initiatives, a a variety of different um, programs that CMHC is all facilitating and working with, um, you know, industry partners, developers, multi-unit family um, housing providers to create more supply because that I think has been talked about as being one of the biggest challenges um, in Canada, but especially in BC is our our lack of supply, right? So, Um, When we're talking about like the qualification requirements and things like that, that's to ensure affordability for Canadians, right? Because if you look at things like um, debt consumption and and household debt reports and things like that, there's a big concern on consumer debt levels going up, right? And so in turn, we want to ensure that um, people can still afford their shelter costs and their mortgage payments with the amount of consumer debt levels rising. So it's it's a tough balancing act, I think, but we're we're always open to having that conversation with mortgage professionals, and we have. Um, there's been a lot of consultation in terms of all the things that we have um, made changes to. But um, as it stands, our changes we we made some recent changes that took place a couple of months ago, and um, and at this point, though, that's where we're at with that. And I think, you know, that those changes were also made in response to the pandemic, right? Um, At any time, if we decide that we want to maybe open up flexibility again, because um, things have changed in the market, in the industry, in people's incomes, in the employment and job security, 
um, for Canadians, then we're again open to having that conversation. But as it as it stands right now, the changes we made are the changes we made. So. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I don't want to open up too much of a can of worms. We're already going there at this point right now. But, uh, sure, you know, yeah. to, your, to your point about, uh, you know, having that flexibility and whatnot, I think one of the challenges that people have a hard time comprehending is that there's no real, and again, I'll, I'll kind of end my comments on this, but there's such a limited uh, regulation around, let's say, vehicle loans and credit cards and that, things of that nature, but it's such a high regulation along, around an appreciating asset. And, and again, I think that's just more of a conversational tone than that. Um, and it has less to do with CMHD, but yeah. And you know, and and it's tough because I, yeah, we hear that all the time is like, we need more, um, restriction on consumer debt, right. And, um, restricting people to, uh, increasing credit card limits and, um, getting vehicle loans and things like that. But essentially consumer debt and consumer like consumption is what drives the economy as well. Right. So it, again, becomes a tough balancing act for our industry when it comes to all of that. Yeah, fair enough. Well, just to kind of end that piece, but I did want to touch on something that you referenced about CMHC putting a ton of money back into our country, right? So to tie that all together for people, you know, if someone pays a $20,000 CMHC premium, there's millions of Canadians that are paying these premiums and where does the money go? Thankfully, CMHC is a federal government it's a crown corporation right um now correct me if i'm wrong i think our default rates are at 0.35 percent is that kind of in range yeah actually i had um the arrears rate here for you guys um yeah we're uh, so i only have the insured um insured arrears rates uh, uh, updated it's about 0.33 in bc wow so, I mean, that said, you know, there's millions of people across Canada that are, that are paying CMHC insurance premiums where there's probably not a ton of active default, right, or CMHC to actually step in um, and take over those loans. So, it's obviously a very profitable, from that sense, revenue-wise corporation, right? But it's good to hear that the money is being injected back into housing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, through a number of different ways and even, you know, uh, not just in housing, but with any sort of government shortfall to help taxpayers, essentially, that's, those are our shareholders as Canadian taxpayers, right? So that money, yeah, of course, mortgage loan insurance is not, not for profit. It's a very profitable um, area of our business. And uh, it does get uh, put back towards Canadians and towards Canadian housing. So thanks for that point. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people, again, I, I know we can only go so deep on this call here today, but a lot of people, a lot of questions that we get, you know, on the higher level, typically are around qualification, which you've addressed earlier, and it's just an open conversation. If someone, you know, if, if we had some clients that wanted to know a little bit more about how to start making a change and how to get their voice heard, just, just as a quick note, is there somewhere that they should continue or consider looking uh, are you talking about in terms of like our guidelines, changing our guidelines? Yeah, like yeah, that? absolutely. Yeah, we have um, definitely resources and, and contact information um, listed on our website, which is just cmhc.ca. Um, so you can find a ton of information on there. Um, yeah, absolutely. And of course, talk to your mortgage professional. And we have that connection with you guys where we can always provide your feedback to um, underwriting, to um, our managers to our directors, et cetera. Right. So there's a lot of platforms for our industry, mm-hmm. um, where we can use that as a connection and your clients can certainly voice their concerns. I would say they should voice their concerns to their mortgage professional first and foremost. 
Yeah, it makes a, it makes a lot of sense, and I think uh, we'll definitely direct them to the right uh, places as far as our, as uh, we're concerned. It's nice to to work in partnership with that piece. Hey, um, I know Derek is probably about to hop on this, and I'll, uh, I know he'll he'll expand on this piece. CMHC offers a lot of programs that people don't tend to know about, and maybe yeah, yeah. not talked about enough. Could you share with me maybe like one or two programs that are probably the from your perspective, the most underutilized programs that people should know about? Absolutely. Yeah. So basically you can think of it as if you're a borrower going into a high ratio purchase, um, you don't have 20% down, whatever scenario you might be in, whether you are self-employed, whether you are buying a brand new home, whether you are buying an existing home that needs a bit of work, um, you know, whether you're new to the country, whether you're new to credit, we pretty much have a program for everybody. So every mortgage professional should be able to talk to our programs if I'm their rep, especially. But um, in in the event that you know the consumer doesn't know, or if you're a mortgage professional and you're not aware, there's two programs that I would say are always worth mentioning. The first one is Purchase Plus Improvements. So for any client that is buying an existing home, even if they're buying a brand new home, they could use Purchase Plus Improvements with it. And everybody watches a little bit of you know HGTV here and there, so I'm sure you're all familiar with you know renovating and making your home look brand spanking new again. So you can build the cost of any renovations, home upgrades or home improvements as we call them into the mortgage um, or into the purchase price at the time of getting mortgage financing. So you're saving yourself as a borrower a ton of time and money if you qualify because you can get those renovations done way sooner and you're building everything into one monthly payment at a much lower mortgage interest rate than later trying to put it on you know, a credit card or getting a loan or a line of credit for it down the road or even trying to save up for it, right? So even if your renovations are only gonna cost you five or 10K, you wanna just change your carpeted floors to hardwood. You wanna put some paint on the walls. Basically anything structural that is going to increase the value of your home and stay with your home, you can build into, um, into the mortgage with purchase plus improvements. So that's a great one. Um, and like I said, even with new, like brand new condos, we've seen some people, so if you go into like um, a pre-sale, you know how they have like different packages and you can choose like the most basic package with just, you know, I don't know, I don't know the technical constructional renovation terms, but just basic package A, okay? And then you can upgrade to like basic package B with maybe nicer paint or uh, the gray floors or whatever. So we've actually seen some borrowers choose, you know, the very basic package A, which is cheaper, and then use purchase plus improvements to customize what they want their condo to look like. And it actually, a lot of the time could end up being cheaper. Plus you've got now your own customized home it's not going to look like all the other other units. So we have right. seen borrowers do that even with brand new uh, developments. Do you have any tips and tricks around uh, how they come up with the funds in between the time that they uh, uh, complete the work and closing or afterwards? Yeah. I'm, so, I mean, as the mortgage professional, whether you're going to a lender or a broker, um, you know, you guys have access to all different products that you can cross sell them in the meantime, right? Um, so there are you know, obviously putting it on a credit card or a line of credit. At the end of the day, if you're going into a homeownership purchase, it's always a good idea to get yourself um, approved for a, an additional line of credit just for any emergencies or, you know, special assessment or something that might come on 
come along down the road. So I would say, you know, any of those types of things, but um, just as kind of a tip and trick, if you're doing the renovations on your own, Home Depot does offer a no interest credit card for, I think the first 90 days or something like that. Don't quote me on it. That's a good uh, I don't work for Home Depot, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you could, there's, there's, you know, a ton of different financing options if you're doing the work yourself as well. There's also a lot of developers that if they know there is an approval in place, for the funds, um, they may be able to do a portion of the work or um, do do you know some of the work um, at a, at a cheaper cost, um, at a portion of the cost versus the whole thing right away. So there's different options for sure. Awesome, I like it. That's a program that we do uh, we do talk about quite a bit. So thanks for highlighting that, and uh, it's interesting interesting to hear that even CMHC brings up quite a bit uh, from that point. Um, yeah. The second program, sorry if you don't mind. Um, oh yeah, on that topic. Yeah, just because it kind of ties in with that one is um, our Green Home Program. So the Green Home Program, there's two parts to it. Um, if you're buying a brand new development um, that is a certified green home or energy efficient building, which most of these new developments that are going up in the lower mainland, especially in BC, um, are being built to that standard, um, you're actually eligible for a 15 to 25% premium refund. So that mortgage loan insurance cost that we talked about that the borrower has to pay, they would actually get a portion of that somewhere between 15 to 25% uh, refunded back to them if it is a certified green home. The certification is by Leeds Canada. So um, we have some information about our green home program. I won't get into all the nitty gritty details, but it's a certification that the developer should have, um, the realtor should have it. As a rule of thumb, I would say check anything built in the last five years because that's kind of our guideline is um, the certification can't be older than five years old. So um, even if somebody, even if it's not brand new and somebody else lived in it before and got the premium refund, the next person, if it's still a certified green home within five years, um, they're still eligible for that refund as well. So that's if they're buying brand new. Um, if they're buying an existing home and renovating it, whether it's through purchase plus improvements or not, maybe they have the funds already. Um, if they're making the home more energy efficient and actually improving the um, energy efficiency level um, through like EnerGuide Canada, uh, the EnerGuide rating, they are eligible for the refund as well. So we see that out in the valley quite a bit because um, most of the time you can only do like really energy efficient renovations to a single detached property, um, which then the property that's going to be high ratio insured has to be below a million bucks, right? So um, we did, I saw it recently for a home in Maple Ridge um, where the clients are doing a solar panel roof so they were able to buy a house in maple ridge for i think like 800k it was a high racial purchase they're going to pay a pretty hefty premium on that but they will get a refund because they're doing a solar panel roof they got the energy scale um, rating done before and after um, and it did increase the energy efficiency level to a level where it met our program requirements so they'll get a pretty good refund back on that that's significant i mean 15 to 25 percent of a cmhc insurance premium is thousands of dollars in some cases, right? So I feel like you guys need to put this on a commercial or something on TV so people find out yeah. about it. Because I mean, do you guys have many applications coming through for these programs? Like, I feel like a lot of people probably wouldn't even know, right? I think we do. Yeah, I mean, the I think the, the applications um, are less in BC only because um, for a long time, you know, it was it was difficult for uh, people who want who were going high ratio to find an energy efficient building that was below a million bucks or they were all they were going conventional they weren't doing high ratio right. um, but because you know a lot of these developments have now um, 
started offering less than a 20% uh, deposit. Um, they are opening up the doors to um, high racial clients and more first-time home buyers. We are seeing more interest in the program for sure and more professionals I think are talking about it, which is great. Um, so yeah, spread the word um, to any of your clients. And yeah, again, if the mortgage has already funded, you actually have two years to apply for the refund. So if you've forgotten about any of your clients um, or if you're a consumer and your mortgage professional never told you about it, um, if it's within two years of you having funded that mortgage, you could potentially still be eligible. So yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. So just the last thing I wanted to touch on just to tie everything together with CMHC mortgage brokers, lenders. So, you know, you brought up a couple of really cool programs. Um, just so everyone knows when you're going through a mortgage application, we don't go direct to CMHC and try to get your mortgage approved, right? We have to find a lender that's going to be competitive on rate and product, and they have to actually offer that product that CMHC offers to make sure that it's all going to tie together, right? Because not all lenders right. offer every single program that CMHC is going to offer. So that's where we come in handy and being, being able to stick handle that and find the right solution uh, for your financing. So from an application perspective, you would actually do an application with us or your mortgage broker or your lender, we would bring it to that institution uh, to get them on board. And then they actually have to bring the file to CMHC for insurance approval. If the insurance comes back, if CMHC says, no, we're not comfortable with this application, the bank actually cannot approve the mortgage, right? Just to kind of tie everything together on how it works between CMHC and lending. That's right. So we're kind um, of the final stamp of approval. And I guess, you know, for the most part, I want to say, you know, generally speaking, most of our policies, we are pretty in line with with lenders. But of course, there are some slight differences. And there are times when we might be more flexible or the lender might be more flexible. Um, at the end of the day, the lender, you know, their policy for the most part does supersede ours. So they need to be on board with it before they even send it to CMHC. <laughs> That's good to know. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, uh, Bernadette, for uh, joining us today through all the uh, fun little technical difficulties that we had. We made it. We did it. No Yay! Problem. We did it. <laughs> uh, awesome. So, no, we appreciate this, and we hope anybody who's listening to this uh, this episode was able to gather a few little uh, tidbits and facts as it pertains to you know understanding about CMHC. Are they uh, are they able to reach out to you directly, or do they have to contact CMHC directly if they have more questions? So I would say if you're a consumer or a borrower, um, it's always best to start by talking to your mortgage professional. Um, you guys are the you guys are the advice givers. You're the you're the education and the knowledge for your clients, right? So um, start with you. You know your broker, your lender. Um, talk to you guys first. Uh, there is a consumer line if they um, do have questions directly for CMHC. But generally speaking, you guys are the pros and should have all the answers for them. So I would go directly to your mortgage professional first. All right. Talk to the pros. Talk to the pros. Thank you again, yeah. Bernadette. We really appreciate you. Have a, a incredible rest of your day, and we'll talk to you soon.